1: here we go 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 this, this is, is it
0: this is top flight time machine my name is Andy Dawson my name is Sam Delaney oh fancy that <laughs> and um, this is uh but well, this it's Friday we're recording this on Thursday afternoon to go out on Friday morning and I think we've missed a trick Sam do you know why why? Right. Because tonight is the night when Noel Edmonds goes oh, into the jungle. Oh, my
1: God. Why did we miss that <laughs> trick? I said on Twitter, we got to do a special just about yeah. Edmonds. Did you see his entrance? Yes. This Fucking hell, he's the just emperor. as a Roman emperor.
0: And he's given it all the face and everything. Fucking Already. brilliant.
1: Well, the thing is, about Edmonds, you're like, oh, apologies to that bloke on Twitter who had a go at us for talking yeah. about that. Was Sorry, mate. Yeah, sorry about that. You might want to t- switch over now and go listening to um one of those Guardian ones for a minute. Yeah. Get tactics your, yeah, brush up on your tactics in the old uh, Bundesliga and then come back in a minute because we're going to talk about the jungle, whether you fucking like it or not, right? And um over on the Guardian ones, they'll be talking about the German. German jungle. The German, yeah. <laughs> ich bin a eine celebrity. Geten mein unten hier. <laughs> <laughs> right, with Ant und Deck Wolfgang Wolf <laughs> Wolf and Wolf Gott and Wolfgang Das
0: Cheeky Chappie They and are not in the jungle They are in a concrete industrial <laughs> unit On the outskirts of Bremen They must survive For 14 weeks
1: This is not funny
0: <laughs> There's no fun
1: <laughs> That's the catchphrase <laughs> Uh, so Edmonds, Edmonds is coming in and you look at him, you think, well, the best thing about Noel Edmonds is the fact that he is insane. Hmm. But there's so much more to him than thinking that he's invented a machine that uses electrical currents to cure you of cancer. Yeah, there's much more to him than that. Uh, there's obviously his appearance, which is amazing. Um, like a but, lion. But, but he is um a, you know, a seasoned entertainment genius. So when, and what reminded me of that was he did this big appearance and he's dressed up as the Roman Emperor yeah. and all of that. But his acting, his performance, is really intense because he's such a, he's such a, he's been doing this shit for years. Exactly. And so he knows how to make things entertain, So he gets the joke. Mm. He gets why he's funny <laughs> and he's fucking playing up to it and he's performing it brilliantly. And you think, yeah. fuck me, this is the guy who's done Swap Shop, the Radio 1 breakfast show. The Breakfast Show. The Late Late Breakfast Show. The House fucking, Party. The House Party, Crinkly Bottom, all of that. The bloke knows how to fucking sell an idea.
0: And the thing about him is, like you've just said there, he is insane, but he's also incredibly self-aware.
1: Yes, that's so he, it. He
0: knows he's insane. Have you ever seen him? Did and
1: I, seen? I think he, by that, so he... What that means is he is aware of his own insanity, yeah. and also keenly aware of what a selling point that is. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not saying he's contrived the insanity, but I think he's probably thought he's amplified oh, it. A he's bit. woken up and he's thought one day he's thought, "Oh, it's really great. I'm completely mad. I can Which, do anything. Uh, I can monetize this. <laughs> <laughs> this is TV gold. The the best moment in my career came the day that I realised I'd really lost the plot." <laughs> That was when I knew I could take things to the next level. If I
0: channelled it properly. So I coloured the hair and the beard in a, in a colour that didn't actually exist
1: I read until one, I came up with it. I read once that he reckoned that he got up and worked. Every morning, it was an interview, he goes, every morning I get up at four and I do five hours in my home gym <laughs> like of Mark intensive Wahlberg. exercise. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like the Mark Wahlberg thing. He is, he is Britain's Mark Wahlberg in mm. a way, isn't he? No, uh, i tell you what he is. The... the the, more, the fairer, more accurate comparison to an American celebrity he is Britain's Kanye West.
0: Yes. <laughs> That's exactly who
1: he is. Or more like Kanye West is America's Noel Edmonds. Yeah. I think Kanye West looked at Edmonds when mm. he was growing up. He probably, because they, they have that channel over there, don't they, that puts out old BBC stuff. That's right, yeah. The public service channel. And he goes, yeah, I used to watch that shit. House Party, <laughs> Crinkly Bottom, <Bartle>, Mr. <laughs> Blobby. I, I, man, that shit was inspirational. I would watch that when I was a little boy, and I would look at this dude, Noel Edmonds, with his beard, and I'd think, one day, I'm going to be that motherfucker.
0: Other way around, mate. Yeah. He's you.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, you reversed the mechanism on the He you, did. He reverse that's No, Noel. That's Nolly.
0: And did you see, I tweeted you as well yesterday to point out that he's got a book out that he wrote last year. Oh, no, it wasn't last year. Shit, it was 11 years ago, called Positively Happy, Cosmic Ways to Change Your Life. Yeah. I feel a deep dive a coming on. A deep dive, on. definitely. Like, maybe only four or five parts. Yeah, but... not,
1: not not as long as the keen deep dive, but definitely, <laughs> it's definitely worth it, yeah.
0: Right, we'll both order a copy of that then. Um, did you see him when he was on Brian Pern, Simon Day's? comedy thing on Channel 4 no. about the, the musician he was on that uh, as himself talking about Live Aid when you know when Phil Collins flew from London to Philadelphia during Live Aid on Concord yeah on the same day there's a bit where, yeah. where Noel Edmonds describes how um the Russians tried to attack Concord, and, he, and Noel, Noel scrambled his helicopter and went up and had a fucking gunfight in the sky with the Russians. It is brilliant. It's not online anywhere. I don't the, think
1: the true story, which you can read in Noel Noel, um, sorry Phil Collins's autobiography, not dead yet, which I can highly recommend. Deep dive. That is worth a deep dive. That is probably my. I don't say this lightly. That is probably my favorite ever rock star memoir. Really, it's amazing. Yeah, right. And the best chapter in a book <laughs> that of any type that I've ever read yeah. is Phil Collins' chapter about live age. But the live
0: thing, I bet it is.
1: It's fucking sensational. Because the funny thing about him is, is that for a man who's achieved so much, Phil Collins is really feels sorry for himself. So yeah. it's written in the style of a beleaguered sort of middle-aged, late middle-aged dad, mm-hmm. right? Who's spent his whole life working as the manager of a quick fit somewhere in the West Midlands, <laughs> right? And he's kind of been divorced a couple of times, his yeah. kids don't talk to him, he's got a drink problem. <laughs> and he kind of writes, Well that's <laughs> me, I suppose. Just my luck. He, he basically writes it like unlucky out," right? Yeah. And but there's something endearing about you, you don't think you can't you've had it all and you feel so sorry for yourself. You think, oh poor Phil, because he's Done all these things, but he'll never be happy, yeah, because for various complex reasons that you can only understand when you read the book, like largely to do with like um acute workaholism, right? Right, where he's never sort of satisfied and so and he never can settle down, so his marriages keep failing and he keeps ballsing things up and he's really hard on himself. So, as most celebrity memoirs, they just go, Yeah, needless to say, I had the last laugh, mm. right? Phil Collins is like. As usual, it was my fault and I was in the wrong. I'd fucked up my life yet again. <laughs> oh, Phil. Right? Um it was then that the drinking got really serious, right? <laughs> and so there's something really endearing about that because you think this is not a self aggrandizing guy he's written a book in mm. which he just slates himself mm. so even when he's writing about this this fucking day at Live Aid where he's the only celeb who gets to perform at both the American and British one yeah. he makes it sound he goes, the day got off to an awful start <laughs> I told my daughter I left my house in Ealing which in <laughs> itself is a funny place for Phil Collins to have been living <laughs> and he goes uh, you know and my, and my daughter was like where are you going and I said I'm g- doing live and she went well, I've just been watching about on Saturday Superstar. Can I come? Everyone's playing there. There's going to be bloody Duran Duran. And I said, no, I'm going to be working and then I've got to fly to Philadelphia afterwards. Stay home, watch you on telly. Oh, she was, we had a big row. I ended up being late and getting stuck in traffic, which is the sort of thing that happens to me when I'm going to work, yeah. right? But it happened to Phil Collins on the day that he was the star of Live Aid. He had a silly argument on the garden path with his daughter bloody that made him Yeah, exactly. But... I won't go into the deep dive now, but there is this chapter involves his, an encounter with Cher mm. on Concord, which is sensational.
0: I think it's not going to be long before we're doing nine episodes a week yeah. of this podcast. So some I'm days we'll strands. have to record more than one. Yeah, definitely. I was listening to Phil Collins on the way in, on the train earlier. Listen to this. mm It's an incredible song.
1: Yeah, it's incredible.
0: That is the definitive version of You Can't really Love. I'm sorry, well, the, Supremes. Than the Supremes. I'm sorry, the Supremes, if you're listening, but that is the best version of That's
1: it. That's interesting. I remember that was probably my big Phil Collins awakening moment. Yeah. Was that because in the video he was wearing there was three of him, wasn't yeah, there? there? Was. And they cloned him. <laughs> they cloned Collins. They did long before you know technology made that sort of thing easy. So oh, yeah. it was probably one of those videos that cost a billion pounds. Maybe there
0: was three and of he them.
1: Had, he had sunglasses on. That's right. And he, I just thought it was so cool i was only about eight or nine and it is fucking good and i tell you what else is good i mean he's got loads of good songs but when he first went solo what i really liked about him was he you know he'd fallen in with genesis but genesis were a bunch of posh boys yeah. right and yeah. they were weird and pretentious and, and you know privately educated yeah And he sort of fell in with them because they'd been desperately searching for a drummer. And he was none of those things. He was from West London. He grew grew up in the same area as me. went to the same school as my brothers. He was a
0: Victorian chimney sweep, wasn't he, as a boy? Yeah, (laughs) he was,
1: yeah. And he was like, yeah, he was a bit of a toe rag. And he was very different to them. But he got in with them. He got on with them, but he found them weird. Yeah. And the way that they did music, he found a bit weird and pretentious. So as soon as he got a chance to go solo... All he liked was soul music, as you can fucking tell, because he loved loved doing covers like that. And so he got this opportunity to do a solo record, and for the first single on the record, the first thing he did, because it was like the late 70s or early 80s, and there was loads of fucking money, and he was the lead singer of Genesis, so the record company had said, go for your life, spend whatever you want. First fucking thing he does, what any fucking (laughs) right-minded person in that situation would do. He got on the fucking blower to his manager and he said, "Book me the brass section of earth, wind and fire. <laughs> and he, they said, what for? And he went, I don't fucking know. But something else. it's always been my dream yeah. that if I ever got to make my own song and I yeah. called the shots, it wasn't fucking Peter Gabriel or one of those yeah. cunts, yeah. like Rutherford calling shots. The first thing I'd do is put the fucking brass section of earth, wind and fire. <laughs> so they come over and he just starts getting them to play and then he writes the song... I Missed Again, yeah. which was his first single and is my favourite of his solo tracks. Yeah. And it's just fucking amazing. You listen to it back when you read the story of it and you think, oh yeah, this is like an Earth, Wind and Fire track, but it's with Phil Collins with Phil singing Collins. on it.
0: But as well, he got to the solo career because Gabriel had left Genesis yeah. and they got, they got Phil to be the singer. Yeah. And all of the fucking fannying about that Gabriel used to do was out the window and he started writing pop songs for yeah. them and they became, even, That's how they became, they became big. successful. Because
1: before that it had been for twat stoneheads in their bedrooms yeah. hadn't it?
0: but there was a documentary about Six years ago, they're all together again, including yep. Gabriel and yep. Tony Banks. You can tell there's this lingering resentment towards Collins because of his popularity <laughs> yeah, and his yeah. success, yeah, yeah. and the fact that he went off from Genesis and did. And other also, stuff.
1: he's the one from an ordinary background yeah. who trumped all of them with all their the expensive education. Yeah, exactly. They sort of thought they were doing him a favour when they said, "Let him be. The, you can be our drummer, young Philip. Yeah, exactly. Like that. We'll we'll let you get involved. Here's he's, some sticks. He's not very good. Hit but that yeah, thing yeah, over yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. And then next thing, he's fucked off and. And he was... In this book, what you realise is, in the 80s, when he had those matte face value, no jacket required, all of that, massive selling albums, like millions and millions and millions of things, he was the hottest fucking producer in the world. Mm. Every fucker, Clapton in particular, was his best mate. Yeah. But loads of... I can't even remember all of them, but like every big act in the world wanted him to produce their record. So when he wasn't touring or recording either on his own or with Genesis, he was... Producing one of the planet's biggest fucking albums yeah. for someone else because he developed this enormous sound those big drum drums sound, and all that ga- it was just, the defining sound of 80's pop music that he created and that's why his marriages kept collapsing because he just was in the studio 100% of the time he was
0: even on one of Gabriel's solo albums as well and that'll have pissed Tony Banks off Yeah, That's a, a great documentary because Banks is just kind of quietly seething Banks who released his own solo album called Bank statement.
1: Ah <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> Got a number thirty one or no. something like that. Yeah, they didn't have much imagination, those other fuckers. No nah. I mean Mike and Mike and the mechanics Fuck come off, off it.
0: <laughs> um this is a football podcast.
1: Yeah, apologies. I wonder if Matey Boy, <clears throat> the one who didn't like us talking about the jungle, I wonder how he's feeling about, about this Phil massive Collins. long deep dive into the career of Phil Collins. I'll just say as well
0: <laughs> what 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 am I holding in my hand, Sam? The Big Issue. A copy of The Big Issue. Mm. I was listening to the Can'tary really Love and I got off the train, and then yeah. I put on Another Day in Paradise because I love the intro to it. Hit yeah. mm. the lyrics, but love the the instrument. Yeah, instrumental version of it. And um walked past Big Issue, sir, oh. and I went, "No thanks, mate." And then I realised
1: <gasps> you had a I, little tear I, in I, your eye. I
0: realised what I was listening to, and I thought, "Oh, Dawson, you cunt!" Mm. And as the song says think twice Yeah, I did think twice I went back and I bought The Big Issue you thought
1: twice you thought I'm on my way to meet Sam Delaney to do my podcast with him it is another day in paradise of course it is Phil was right Um, also don't forget that I write a bi-weekly column in The Big Issue which is another thing that makes it well worth the 2 pounds fifty. pounds this
0: week seasonal special
1: are you in I, this one? I don't know if I'm in that one, but remember a couple of weeks ago, I wrote that story about me shitting myself at school once, in the which big I issue. still haven't. Yeah, in the big issue, <laughs> and it was really popular when it got shared by the big issue on Twitter. It was it was a wildly popular um, article. So yeah, I still haven't told. What was that a letter story in there here about you, Sam? Oh, what what's it say?
0: I am not a Pokemon fan but I feel Sam Delaney's intensely critical reaction to his child's <laughs> interests was highly negative. <laughs> <laughs> he has every right to opinions on Pokemon yeah. but I disliked how he kept stating his childhood interest in Robin Hood was superior. <laughs> <laughs> and more wholesome than his son's interests. Yeah I do... got I got this. some advice coming as well, oh, man. No. Why not engage with your son's hobbies and at least attempt to understand them instead of indulging in nostalgia of your own green felt
1: dressed childhood. Ah! <laughs> oh Harry Bam! Casey Woodward. Fuck off Harry You Casey do Woodward. it Yeah, you fucking play with my kid and talk to him about fucking Pokemon then. Cause you're right. I did dress up in green felt. And I don't care who knows it. When I wasn't dressed as Dick Turpin, I was dressed as fucking Robin Hood. <laughs> in the tights? no not tights ah. I just had a broom for a um, it was more classic Robin Hood broom like, for a horse yeah it wasn't it wasn't out Robin of Sherwood but I was talking about Robin of Sherwood in the column because funny enough I wrote that just after recording our podcast a few weeks <laughs> ago where we were talking about Robin of Sherwood <laughs> yeah. when that fucking man um, the deer man the stag man it's appeared to him in the woods yeah. and told him what to do and it's all come full circle thanks to Phil Collins mm. Right,
0: um, that's all we got time for. Yeah, thanks for listening to this football podcast.
1: Can't believe fuckers in the big issue are telling me how to raise my fucking children. I mean, it's everywhere, isn't it? Certainly looks like it.
0: Jalapeno. Right, let's do our predictions for the weekend, shall we? Because that's kind of why we're here. We're looking ahead. And uh, the current league table, I'll just reiterate. Look away if you want to, Sam. Results bot is top on 29 points. I'm second on 28 points. And you are rock bottom on 21 points. (laughs) Five more matches coming up this week for us to predict. um, Hand-picked at random. Uh, First of all, Watford play host to Liverpool. At Vicarage Road this mm. Saturday,
1: hmm, mm, Watford Liverpool. Uh, well, I think Sounds that's like quite a treat, be, isn't it? I think that's going to be nil uh, two,
0: n- ooh, nil two, right? Okay, I think I am going to go for one nil to Watford. I think Liverpool's run is going to come to an end. They're still unbeaten, aren't they? Liverpool? One nil to Watford. One nil to Watford. Same as Results Bot.
1: I, I fucking sent you're up to something, Dawson. <laughs> you are fucking up to something. I've i t- I've said this before. You're fucking ganging up with me on results but no, with results. Absolutely
0: Spot. not. These fixes were chosen at random.
1: And I know and, why. Um, results bot is in the ascendancy. Yeah. In terms of his profile, his celebrity, his power. Everything. And, Position in the league table. And as well. I am in a, a decline I was I would say a slow decline, but actually quite a rapid one.
0: You not only are you bottom of the league table, yeah. you're also being castigated in the pages of the big issue. In the, by, in the
1: national press. By Harry Casey Woodward. In the national press, my name is being dragged through the mud. Yep. I'm being humiliated by a robot. Yep. I'm as bald and bolder than I've ever fucking been. <laughs>
0: That's not going to change anytime soon.
1: I've got no respect in my house. I've got no respect in the streets from members of the public who mm. laugh and point at me yep. because of what they because I am the they, ball, they deem the me as a bad father, an idiot, bald man. Yep. What was it you've branded me an attention-seeking, an attention-seeking baby child or something, something like that? that. Yeah. These are the things that people shout at me in the street. Hey, baby, man. And you're like, <coughs> you have to shit out of a tree, are you? See, and I'm always like, it wasn't me Shout the tree. It was Matthew Judkins, you stupid cunt. Listen. And they go, yeah, whatever, mate. Don't tree- be pedantic. Tree shitter. Yeah. Yeah, tomato, tomato, mate. Either way, there was a shit done out of a tree and you were fucking there. Yeah? Go on, do your stupid Roy Keane accent, you fucking clown. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh, this is disastrous <laughs> so basically because of this you're like fucking having side meetings but on my back with have uh, uh, you get paranoid you go, mate. don't worry look Delaney's out he's f- he's a busted flush next season it's just me and you Dawson and results spot <laughs> and we're fucking taking the podcast to Hollywood <laughs> you've been on the own violence.
0: because you so paranoid like I have. yeah I you're am sound paranoid paranoid <laughs> Fulham versus Southampton Sam <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God! Imagine <laughs> this game. How awful it's going to be. Um, well, it's,
0: hang on though. It's Ranieri's first game in charge, so isn't it? They've got the bounce.
1: One nil. Oh, damn it!
0: You've done it. You've fuck. I'm going to go two 0 Southampton. Sorry, not two two nil Fulham. Okay, they've got the bounce, but I can't see a one nil again. Especially not now you've said it. No. All right. West Ham versus Manchester City. You'll be there, I assume.
1: I'll be there, um, and I I hope to be attending a special event beforehand with my good friend, the former West Ham winger and ex convict Mark Ward, who was <laughs> in yeah, who who I was pen pals with when he was in the Nick for real, really, yeah. He was a boyhood hero of mine because uh, he was in the team where we nearly won the league in in nineteen eighty six, and right. so that was very much you know the team that I was first really in love with when I was a kid. And I, yeah, I pitched him on the And then years later, I met him through a mutual friend and went out on the piss one night with him and a couple of the other lads from that team. Right. And then we sort of stayed vaguely in touch. And then... And then it, he went to prison. And then he went to prison for <laughs> being... Nothing com- to do with you. Being complicit in a massive cocaine crime gang. Uh, to be clear, really all he'd done is put his name to a... Look, I won't go into the case. It's closed now, but... <laughs> he, his name was on the deeds of a house, a rented house in right. the Merseyside area that was being used as a crack cocaine factory. Okay. He went down for it because he wouldn't sing like a canary. Next thing I know, I'm at home with my missus and the phone rings from an unknown number. I go, hello? <laughs> and this is, I, hello, Sam. Yeah, it's Mark Ward here. <laughs> now, when <laughs> you were about 10, right, who played on the wing for Sunderland who you really liked or who was one of the exciting players in the Sunderland um, team when you were 10 years it'll old it would
0: have been uh, Gary Rowell or Stan Cummins
1: yeah so say you're just at home yeah <laughs> aged I suppose I would have been about 28 something like that maybe 30 and you get a call and they go and you just out of blue and you go hello and they go is that Andy Dawson yeah it's Stan Cummins here you'd be like I'm getting all excited now and just then, and, thought then, of it. And, then <laughs> and then you go Mark what, Mark and he goes, "Yeah, you remember me." I go, "Of course I do. Where are you, guys?" He posts on the goes, wall. I'm in prison, mate. <laughs> and I go, "Oh my god." Right? And he me, he's somehow got a, Mo- a moody mobile and he's in his cell and he's called me up because yeah. he said, "Listen, I want to tell the full story of what happened to me when I retired from football, now I fell in with the wrong crowd." So he basically was getting in touch. He knew I was a journalist, and he wanted right. me, and he wanted someone who he kind of knew and trusted. So I wrote up an interview. I interviewed him over the phone from prison on a, on a contraband phone, and then we just stayed in touch. We just wrote to each other every week, and he he ended up doing. He had a seven year sentence, which he did half of, a bit under half. So, so for about yeah, for, for about for about three years, on a weekly basis, I exchanged letters with Mark Ward. With Mark Ward. Yeah, uh, it was amazing. And then we stayed in touch, and now he hosts these. Um, Pre-match event, so he's, in, he's he's interviewing Trevor Sinclair, who played for both West Ham and Man City so He was I another right wing, another guy who I really admired, and he's um, invited me down to say hello. So I'm excited Trevor about that. Trevor
0: Sinclair hasn't been to prison.
1: He hasn't, not yet. In oh, any yes. case, who knows? He's had a
0: few run-ins, hasn't he, with the with the authorities? But
1: has he? Yeah, yeah.
0: Something happened recently. Didn't if it? you
1: do that again, I will beat you up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when well, you say the authorities, you mean Graham Sooners? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Lucky for him, it's he didn't run- play for Graham Sooners, or so he'd have been beaten up by now.
0: I'm just looking up, Trevor Sinclair arrested, uh, admitted drink driving charges and racially abusing a police officer, Hmm. there we go, but not jailed, which is good news. Well, So you're doing that on Saturday before the match, yeah?
1: Yeah, before the match, and then on Sunday, in case you're interested, you didn't ask, it's my son's 7th birthday, hired out the school hall, bouncy fucking castle. Nice one. Excellent. Fancy dress? Not for the kids, I might. I don't know. I'm, Robin Hood? Uh, I might be half Robin Hood, <laughs> half Dick Turpin. But not like bottom half, top half. I mean, straight side. down the yeah. middle. Yeah. <laughs> so one. I can just turn side side <laughs> and be a children's entertainer. <laughs> Last year, I sort of. He did the same thing for his sick. He wanted to do the same thing again this year. But I had a load of party games arranged because mm. I thought, hey, huh, why spend money on an entertainer when you've got one right here? Yeah, exactly. He's called your dad. <laughs> right? So I turn up with all sorts of fucking entertainment and they go. I mean if you put a load of boys at of that age in Banks castle they go fucking like they they're basically on the iron filings yeah. that's how they act yeah and uh so any kind of come on everyone it's time for Pass the parcel parcel they literally look at you like, fuck off. Yeah, we're busy fuck jumping, jumping off, up and down grandad. on this kid. Yeah, we're just going <laughs> mental. This is a going mental party. Yeah. This isn't a games party. <laughs> We've organisation. The theme of this party is going batshit crazy. Yeah. So fuck off with your games. So this year I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to rock up, make sure no one dies. Yeah. And uh, dre- can do, it? dress up as a, a highwayman and a, and a forest-based um, socialist freedom fighter. Actually,
0: parenting, to me, there's two as a parenting. Mm-hmm. Birth to age ten, which is keep them alive. Yeah. Age ten plus keep them out of jail. Yeah. And that's, that's all right. it is. That's
1: right. Exactly. The rest and, and I takes care of itself. At the moment, I've got one on either side of that border. That's and can't it's be exactly easy for you. how it's working. <laughs> it's exactly how it's working. So
0: let's get back to West Ham versus Manchester City. Yeah. Do you have a prediction for us? I
1: think West Ham Nil City 2.
0: West Ham Nil City 2. I'm gonna say 3-1 to City. And results, but of course, says 1-0!
1: Fucking Prick. result box probably going to fucking win that and make a right cunt out yeah. of me for betting. But against you, my you team. win
0: either way because it's three points for West Ham if he's right.
1: You're yeah. going to catch him. It's what, one of those. But remember, last week I tried to, or the week before last, I tried to offset myself my emotional expenditure by backing. I basically backed quite a lot of the teams that I'd predicted to lose, but I backed them to win. So yeah. I thought, and, and then the somehow, dream. somehow, I don't know how, <laughs> but I lost on both counts. Yeah, because they all drew. Yeah this
0: is the trouble we're trying to second guess results bottom we're trying to work our way around the mind, and we're trying to think of ways where we can get past him but all he's doing is getting (laughs) his head down and just going 1-0 1-0 1-0
1: or he's not even getting his head down he's more playing a bit of a Pablo Canugo yeah he's sort of like "Eh, this this and and that that. whatever these guys they care about their predictions it's not a big problem it's just a fun game because we're
0: using our human minds instead of our robot brains they're so
1: emotional
0: yeah that's what it is Right, uh, on the Saturday 5:30, Spurs versus Chelsea at Wembley. Oh,
1: fucking hell. I
0: bet this will be dog shit. Probably. Everyone's talking it up. And they're all saying, oh, it'll be a great game this: Spurs, Chelsea, the expanses of Wembley, and all this. 0-0, nil, nil, I reckon. 1-0, I reckon. 1-1. One, one. All right, fair enough. Result spot: 1-0. And last one: Wolves versus Huddersfield, which is on Sunday.
1: Uh, 2 nil 2 Wolves I guess yep.
0: I think it will be 3-0 to Wolves I think they'll go to town on Huddersfield and <coughs> Huddersfield will be relegated
1: relegated early yeah tea a team put out of their misery early that yeah. nearly happened to Sunderland that time wasn't it oh, a couple of times at least
0: fucking yeah. <laughs> once. Right, that's the predictions out of the way. Do we want to talk about the Ireland situation?
1: I think we ought to. Um, now, this will be going out on Friday. Who knows what will have happened in the interim since we record this on Thursday afternoon. But what we know so far is that uh, Martin O'Neill and his staff, including one Roy Keane, Roy assistant Morris manager, Keane. Yep, um, have left their roles at the, for the Republic of Ireland <laughs> national team. Now, I've heard various stories about was, Obviously, they've not been doing well. The results haven't been there. That's the main thing. Right. But we know that Roy Keane has quite publicly fallen out with a number of the players, not least yep. his old nemesis from Ipswich, John, John Walters. Walters. Yeah. And I had Tony Cascarino, of course, himself a Republic of Ireland legend Who on the radio this morning. I imagine. And he said, this is an untaught sport. Tony Cascarino said, this is all to do with um, Roy Keane. Because Roy Keane had fallen out with so many of the players that they didn't want to turn up, the morale was low, right. and that you know, and and Martin O'Neill should have spotted that problem and replaced Roy Keane in the summer. He didn't. He stood by his man, yeah. and that's why it's all unravelled. Do you think he was
0: afraid to replace Roy Keane in the summer?
1: Possibly, yeah. Mm. I mean, you know, have you ever been in a position where? it's well known to you that your co- one of your colleagues who you actually get on with and like personally yeah. is regarded as a cunt by everyone else other than <laughs> you. Because that has happened to me on a number of occasions. Really? You yes. do surprise me. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? I'm not the cunt in this story. Oh, sorry. <sighs> I knew you were going to fucking. I was assume just looking that.
0: at something else. I got distracted. I oh, fucking I'm,
1: always assume I'm I, the cunt. I, I'm no, look- I was the good one, right? So I was the one. So I've been in a situation where I'm regarded as all right, yeah. And but the but the person, one of the people who I'm working with, is regarded as a fucking wanker, a and <laughs> yeah, and uh, no. But I bet. I've obviously I've I've been I've noted Matthew Judkins' business career because you know he's this successful entrepreneur now. The
0: folding plug,
1: and you can tell in the pictures on his <laughs> website, he's got a pint. <laughs> and you think, Ah, oh, Judkins, you cunt. Not only are you probably stinking rich, right? With your fucking folding plug in, you're also clearly a really nice, chilled out bloke, like one of these San Francisco entrepreneurs who, like, you know, wears a t shirt to work and has a beer Childos with the guys, well. yeah, and all of that stuff. But he's like, but he's not pretentious either. I don't know, he lives somewhere like. Not in London Ealing. anymore. No, Next to Phil oh no, yeah. I mean, I can't believe he's fucking got so successful that his neighbour is Phil Collins, and I knew him when I was still tricking him into doing a shit out of a tree. But who's had the last laugh? Judkins, yeah, and Collins. Both of them laughing at me now. Um, I'm, lo- I'm
0: looking at um, a thing in the Irish Independent here by Kevin Palmer, and he says, "I have asked every island player I've interviewed over the last five years a very simple question." What does Roy Keane do in the island setup? (laughs) And Kevin Palmer says, The responses have been varied, with some stating he's a great guy to talk to and learn from, and others suggesting he's an inspirational icon to have around the camp. Yet none have presented an image that suggests he has done the role he was hired to do.
1: Fucking hell.
0: I don't know what's going on.
1: I wouldn't even dare suggest. It all came down to his intense paranoia about people trying to take away his belts, which, let us not forget, are imaginary.
0: They are, yeah. <laughs>
1: he but also have very any real. Yeah. And so his whole thing is, John Walters is coming for his belts. Yeah. And yeah. He, he kept inviting John Walters to have a go at the... Like, have a crack at the title. Yeah. the metaphorical And he didn't belts. get anywhere.
0: Yeah, so what's going to happen next, we don't know. But all we do know is that Roy Kane has got a lot of time on his hands now. And we've just completed a seven-part deep dive into his book. And it doesn't bode well for us. ta Bye.